All right, friends, coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Cassie Watson Francion, harpist of Shakespeare in the Blues, which is her newest work she's here to talk with us today about. It's a super group featuring Cam Smith and Brian Weber. Cam and Brian started performing as Shakespeare in the Blues, where they would do improv sets with drum loops and bass loops, and they would build it up live. Kim brought Cassie into the project, and this is the record that's out now. We're going to listen to a track from the record. The new record's called E.G. Rhapsodic, and here's a track, Wonton Phrases... Wonton Phrases off the album E.G. Rhapsodic, uh, Shakespeare in the Blues. So, the album comes out September 17th on all streaming platforms and on Bandcamp. Bandcamp seems to be the way to go, my friends. If you want to support the artist most directly, get it from Bandcamp. Also, on October 29th, the vinyl release ha- um, comes out. So, if you're a vinyl junkie, that's, where you, that's when you can get it. Um... Yeah, this was a really cool conversation. I have a fascination with strung instruments, and uh, 
I've never got to really get close to a harp or the mindset of how the harp works. So picking Cassie's brain about it was quite insightful. If you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and all the podcasting platforms, it helps me keep talking to cool guests and sharing their insights with you. And without further ado, here we go. Cassie. So would you, <laughs> uh, my first question, would you play in a cat cafe? Oh, uh, totally. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the only place I want to play. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> so, um, so I saw you had, uh, you have two cats and, uh, they're not terrified of the harp. They're not terrified, but they're, they're definitely told to shy away from it. But, um, but they're, yeah, they love hearing it. But when the harp is inanimate, um, they just hang out at it and, and it kind of signals me to play. They're like, you know, we haven't heard you practice here. You've, you know, you've been out or you've been playing out or going to a rehearsal room, but what about here? Take care of home. <laughs> oh, there's one. <laughs> You're going to hear that. <laughs> awesome. Oh, there we go. That's, I got two cats around me too, so. It'll be a it'll be a, a cat cat cast and uh, they're terrified. They're not terrified of the guitar, but they uh, because guitar is my main. They like they'll perch up as soon as I'm playing. One will weasel his way in between my arm and the in the neck, and like slowly mm. remove the guitar from me. So he's like, pay attention to me. But uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I got That's a, not how this works. I know. <laughs> I got a small window of practicing before he's like, move that out. And I think it's because they don't like it, but. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's that's crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, sonically, I feel like sonically the, the vibrations and the frequencies, you know, definitely help. Um, especially, you know, I had a cat who was passing away and, it, and people as well. Um, but those frequencies are just usually calming, and I guess right. maybe if if any distortion or something's happening, I don't know if it's, uh, if you're practicing um, acoustic like at Typically, home and then yeah. and then putting it. In. <laughs> Typically, it's acoustic. They got I don't know. I think it's also an yeah. attention thing. Like, oh, you're here for more than an hour. <laughs> like, give us the hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my um, largest cat. She sits underneath my feet um, where the pedals for the harp are so it's like I need to use these and she'll sit right under it and where I would you know basically step on her um right. if, if I weren't careful and she knows this but and she's like 20 pounds Living um, in the she's using zone. that body weight <laughs> yeah it's like you gotta you gotta move you gotta move I need you to move but you know together time is important that's all we have you know is is the nowness True. and the connectedness I was going to yeah. ask if you had a pedal harp or, or the harps without. The, I don't know too much about harp, um, but so you have one with the pedals. And what is that like? A what is the what do the pedals do? Does it work like a piano? Is that like um, uh, um, reverb essentially, or does it like shift the pitch, kind of like a lap steel? Exactly, it shifts the pitch. Okay. Um, it shifts the pitch of each note, and and I do have both. Um, I have pedal. Uh, a pedal harp, so it's like a concert harp, and then a yeah. uh, lever harp, which is uh, you know typically smaller. Um, they can, but they can be, they can still be tall, like five and a half feet. I I, I did have one that tall, but um, I you know they're called a troubadour harps, lever harps, Irish harps. They have 
three different names in growing probably. <laughs> and you shift the pitch with the levers, the little levers there. So you'd manually do each one as okay. opposed to um, a bunch all at once. And yeah, yeah, they're here. And, and as far as reverb goes, I mean, that whole, uh, the whole soundboard of the heart, that right. whole chamber okay. is meant to be a giant reverb. So when I'm playing with like drums or anything, it's we did a we did a take once where we just played what the harp was picking up, and you could hear like the whole band. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you could hear the whole band. <laughs> yeah. What did you What did you use it for? Was that on Shakespeare and Blues? Was that like a weird mixing like a, a, a like a room track that didn't get used, or was it thrown in the mix? Because that's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. I mean, anytime you're using my harp, you're going to get, <laughs> there's no way, noise. unless you yeah. put me in a different booth. Um, but that, uh, but that's something that, that hasn't been used yet. And, hmm. and especially from Shakespeare and the blues um, in that band, there's Brian, uh, Brian Weber, who's an incredible bassist. Um, and he also plays uh, different effects too. And he'll do bass and guitar and uh, Cam Smith who's on drums. And then like, SP404 and Moog and a bunch of crazy effects too. Um, they, you know, we did, yeah, we did a bunch of tracks that didn't make it that are just still in the, you know, in an anthology. <laughs> like, how do we get through all of this stuff? Um, okay, awesome. Because I was, I was wondering who who played guitar on that because I was listening to a Star Rubies. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool guitar track. And I remember reading, reading in the writer from a Howard's like. There's samples. I'm like, that's not a sample. That's that's playing. So okay, um, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a rad... too good to be true. Or... Right. Well, not that it w- wouldn't have been true. You know, it's just like, how how are they doing both? You know. Um, oh, so actually, yeah, it's uh, it's Brian Weber of uh, Lost Bayou Ramblers, and right. he's in a million million bands. Um, and he's just like, you know, like an octopus and and great humanitarian. And it's just like a larger than life, like gentle giant. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, he spends his time just like, just doing it, you know, not talking about it, just doing these crazy, amazing things and putting, uh, he'll, you know, loop something and then switch between bass and guitar. Mm. And so he's alternating and all of those tracks, like you hear bass and guitar could have been two people, but it is, uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's, our, it's our good friend Brian just working really hard and being a genius at the same time. That's awesome. When you when you guys like, because this kind of was like a Brian and Cam, they had a thing going, and then Cam invited you to jam with them, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. Okay. That so is like, true. Yeah. When like with a group like that, it seems like a listening has to be a key aspect because it's it was it just kind of like a key was thrown out or a riff was played and you guys just kind of vibed off it? Um, Both of those, like every kind of, yeah, every kind of communication works. And I think what we, what we try to do is like uh, keep an even dynamic. I think that's like a crucial part of what we're trying to do with this um, group, just really relax and, and it's really shared. So, say actually Cam could start something, the drummer could start something. And then, I mean, that's like a theme that does happen in the album. You hear one come in, then the other, then the other. Um, And then we all connect and merge and then continue going. (laughs) Um, 
And uh, my, you know, sometimes in the harp, I'll go in a certain mode and, and Brian, you just see the wheels turning in his head and he's like, oh, what's happening here? And then, and he gets it and it's yeah. just like so, such connectedness. In the times where we sit there and we like, uh, when we are jamming and we sit there and we throw out the key, it gets a little too structured and we notice that things get too confined and just not enough room and air because we want to be able to feel like all of, you know, the, uh, the missteps. We want to feel the full circle of being on what, what the music is trying to tell us to do. It's the other way around sometimes. I'm reverse engineers. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, when, um, yeah. So when you're listening to like, cause a guitar and, uh, sorry, bass and like a drum jam, it's like pocketed, like in, a harp is a very like encompassing instrument, and like I notice you you uh, you do a lot of duos with a lot of like instruments that maybe wouldn't be you would put harp together with, which is really cool. But like when with a band like this, when like is it? Are you looking at like a mode to like jump into, or is it like um, <laughs> is it like what? Where do you find like I, I guess my question is because I'm not familiar with how the mindset of the harp approach works. Is it like are you looking to fill that that space kind of, or um, are you like when I, when you're playing just playing with a bass player and they're laying down a groove, like a, a mm -hmm. piano or something would lay down like a chord, and like you know maybe vibe on that. Mm -hmm. And now with harp you can't just like I mean I guess you could just pluck a chord and let it resonate and do the same. I guess I'm answering my own question. Um, yeah, your, I guess it's, my, really good, it's good. <laughs> what's your like uh, with, uh, with this project? What was kind of your approach bringing the harp to that instrumentation? That's how I want to ask it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I love it. No, that's because it was. It was like all of those questions were like two, and they happened at different times for me. So I feel honored that you. You know, it's rare that someone steps in the kind of like steps into my shoes and kind of you know like tries to see it from how I'm experiencing it. Um, Instead of just, oh, yeah, then there's the heart. So <laughs> so it's Thanks. like, thank you so much. That was like a, it was a bunch of Jedi, Jedi mind tricks, and, and that's what has to happen to figure out what the sweet spot is and what, you know, what that moment requires because, you know, things can wear you out if you're just doing one thing. And I think, you know, I started off with them in, like trying to be a fly on the wall and trying to be uh, – more of an ambient filler space and kind of kind of person and um and that wasn't that wasn't it all of the time that wasn't what it required so mm. they're they're definitely pocketed but what they appreciate is when you know i just i have an element of being a wild card and and i love it like i'm, I'm owning up to it these days as opposed to uh you know just wondering why i'm not as structured and and uh and, and clean sounding all the time and you know and exacting and deliberate there are times for that and then but um we're, we're doing we came together because we are all you know in different projects and this was a this is a side project we're doing a collaboration and it's like in this space of love how do you give yourself enough latitude to to listen and hear and 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 also hmm freedom to decide if you wanted to be heard differently, like to kind of explore different um, directions. So it's not exactly resisting the pocket, but it's, it's how do we, um, 
you know, just experience like the full terrain of what of what the possibilities are with us. So that's my approach with it. And sometimes that's just hitting the cord, leaving it alone, giving them room to go, you know, crazy, <laughs> to go to a crazy, crazy solo or for, you know, or for Cam, like um, uh, for something like, like mechanics of distance or um, maybe wants and phrases where you just hear like the bass just going right. and going and going. <laughs> and it's like, that's where that requires just like giving it some space. Um, not over, and not overthinking it really. Um, <laughs> so, you know, not really having like making the tension active um, and coming out in the music, whatever way it needs to be expressed and not living in the head. Mm. Um, and that's the beauty of, of this particular partnership. <laughs> Hope I answer your question. Yeah, no, no. Cause like, uh, with harp, I like because like uh with with uh with harp you typically see it in more of a classical setting, and like, but but what's cool is like you take it out of that and put it wherever. So when someone approaches you, what is there like a, a certain thing that you're looking for as far as like a duo thing, or are you just interested to see where it goes? Yeah, it's a mix of both. I mean, I think like I think our instruments. For me, I don't want to speak for everyone, but for me <laughs> and, and a great deal of people I know, the instrument is the voice. Like it, it's your particular um, channeling, you know, like what, what you're putting out into the world. And um, almost, I mean, like kind of like a fishing hook, but I don't, I don't know any, another way to say it. <laughs> or maybe a light beam, like your bat light, you know, that's what you're putting out there. So I really look for like, what is this person, you know, what is this artist putting out? Like, what are they, what's your expression? Like, what's, how do you, what's your vibe and what are you, where, where are you at? Um, and um, yeah, I, I would say I, I really just go, I, it's really guided by intuition. I mean, having like references are great. Um, if someone and re- references and referrals, if someone's like, yeah, I know this, you know, this person you really should just, just like see what it's like to play with them. And that, that's wonderful. Um, so those kinds of things are amazing. I mean, that's how our band got together and by Cam and Brian just saying like, Hey, like we really want to, well, first it started with me being a fan, like a big fan of them, like seeing them being a giant fan and then, kind of just like stalking them in the corner, you know, like staying at all their gigs and just like when my jaw dropped and just watching what, what they could do and how connected they were with each other. I think that's the biggest thing, like connectedness. If, if I can sense that someone's like into co- the connectedness of music and, and what that brings, then that's what appeals to me um, as opposed to, just the, you know, theoretical pairings and, right. um, experiments are great. And I had a, you know, a period of time where I was like, yeah, let's try whatever. I mean, one of my first gigs was with a beatboxer who was like, I love, I love how you sound. And I really like, let's do this. Let's make this happen. And I was a little skeptical at that. You know, I didn't know where I fit in with beatboxing where, the, the the voice and the throat make all the sounds. They make all the percussion. I, yeah. And I had to figure out like what I was like. Why is why is he interested in this? Like why? Other than it being a harp, you know, there's um a a good amount of um of 
uh, of inquiries, like just because it's that and just because it's, you know, like you mentioned, it's kind of locked away and, and not out there all the time. And I think that's wonderful, but I, I do like some sort of contemplation, like where, how does this connect and, um, and bridge a certain gap that's um, deeper than just appearances. Right. Right. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So did like, a, when did harp, did you, when did you start being drawn to the harp yourself? Yeah, I came from, uh, I grew up in a family where it was, music was not a thing. Like none of us played instruments. Um, <laughs> so we had no music, you know, there's music on the radio and, and tapes and, and all that. And it was this kind of distant machine. It was this distant thing. And we, um, we weren't musical. And I, my best friend uh, growing up in uh, elementary and junior high, she had piano lessons. And I remember I'd walk her home from school and she would always complain, you know, about having piano lessons and like, I have to do it today. And then two, two, two or three times a week, piano and church and just, you know, kind of venting to me about it. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, and I would say to myself, like, gee, I'd give anything in the world to like trade places with you. And, and I, I you know, jokingly offers that I could go in her place with the lesson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when you're young, you think yeah. that could happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, and then of course it never happened, Aww. but I would like try to tinker on the piano when, um, when I could like at her house. Uh, and now, and you know, nowadays it's totally different. There's so much available. There's like, YouTube videos right. and many keyboards and there's so much wealth of information that, it's beautiful. Like it's a chance for people to, to really open up. Um, but anyway, all of that, uh, all those years, you know, kind of just like wanting to be connected to an instrument and it wasn't a thing, um, for my, it wasn't a priority, uh, from, you know, my family at all. Or like, is this, is this a job? Is this a real thing? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, and I was pretty shy. Like I wouldn't have mentioned it to them anyway, maybe once or twice but it wasn't real. So, so fast forward to, um, um, I was in college and, uh, early in college and I was having a pretty, pretty hard time. Um, and, uh, there's a certain point where I, I, you know, it was like just a uh, catatonic, like I wasn't speaking to anyone. I wasn't able to speak. I would still, you know, I had like a, a job, like walking dogs. Um, like I was able to do things, um, and, and function, but communicating with people is just like impossible at that was point. It and it, depression. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a severe depression and, but it wasn't, you know, like fully diagnosed or anything at that time, I guess. Okay. Um, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, there was like a week or two where I couldn't get out of bed. It was just this whole, um, just this whole circuit of symptoms right. that nothing really seemed to solve. You can, you can talk to people, you can, you know, you can, um, there's a lot you can do, but what actually connects with you, it actually, the spark, you know, that thing is, is really random. It's really, sometimes it's up to the universe to like send you or, <laughs> or it, it has to be random. You know, it's just when everyone you, you love is trying and they're, you know, reaching out and trying to talk to you and just, you know, 
cheer up the bright side's this way just saying things but we you know we're, we're, we're creatures we're animals we need to experience um things and it's not going to be happy all the time it's not that's not you know, it's not a constant. So I was on the other side of it, <laughs> of, you know, of that joy. And then what happened was I heard a harp cadenza on the radio. Um, and uh, I heard it. And to this day, you know, I don't know which one it was, but um, because there wasn't Shazam or anything back then. <laughs> and and, um, and I, so I won't know, but, uh, maybe one day if I hear it somewhere. Um, and I was also kind of disconnected. I didn't memorize the actual notes So nowadays I would know. Um, but I heard it and I heard that sound and I was like, whatever that is, that's the sound I want to make. That's the only sound I want to make of it as a human being right now. And then, um, and I started, you know, found out it was a harp started to do some research and found out how terribly expensive and out of reach they were. <laughs> but I wasn't determined. That's the only thing I wanted. So it took a little while, but I started saving up um, for just even a small Irish one, you know, a small tubular lover harp. And I, I have the greatest love for those um, when people compare concert harp, pedal harps and small Irish harps. I have the greatest love for those because that's what, changed my life um and it's it's just like such a simple healing power and um and in addition to having it like i, I bought it online <laughs> or something back then and had it shipped to me and and it, it, at that time it was like still so much and out of reach um but um i had it and as i mentioned i was you know uh working in an animal shelter and i was walking dogs and uh, there was a harpist sitting outside on the corner with her harp, like, out playing. And then I was just like, this, this person must be lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is she doing? <laughs> and, uh, and that person ended up being, um, you know, person ended up being a larger-than-life uh, figure, uh, Brandy Younger, who is amazing, an amazing musician um, and, uh, and, and teacher. And she ended up being my first uh, first art teacher for a while. And, um, and then it just kind of went on, it went on from there, you know, um, just learning a lot more about music and, and, uh, you know, kind of breaking my own bubble a lot. There's that tendency to just hole up and say, I'm not as perfect as this person, or I don't look like this, or, you know, I can't read like music intensively right now like this. So there's no point me being anywhere like there's no point in mentioning it or exist you know letting people know i'm here and uh and that's got to change you know like every day it's a fight for 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 many um but it is got to change like yeah (laughs) it it is quite competitive in that sense but um uh what the put a pin in that right quick uh what did you go to college for initially <laughs> Initially, I was going to be a veterinarian, and then oh, okay. the um, yeah, yeah, and then uh, the the science program. That, like when I had like my depre- you know, depressive episode, like it was like at the most inconvenient time. Of course, it's like near finals and whatever. Right. And if you flunk out of the uh, the science program, it's pretty competitive um, program. If you flunk out of it, then it's like pick something else and move on. <laughs> Because you're kind of, you're kind of, you know, past it now. Um, 
so then I, I, I shifted. I ended up graduating in, um, in religious studies and philosophy. And, uh, and that's what my, yeah, that's what that degree ended up being in. (laughs) That's awesome. That's for me, uh, when I went to CSU, that was the class that like made me want to learn other things was my philosophy class. It's like, whoa, it's all based on an idea. I don't know why that's such a big reveal, but like, I, 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 that really kind of cracked open the, the knowledge egg for myself. Um, it's interesting, like, um, that uh, there's this kind of um, an inability to express yourself, and then you found that with the harp. When did uh, Gabriella Pinto come into the picture? Gabriella came into the picture after uh, Brandy, okay. and and um, and Brandy had moved, and then I took, you know, I took a a little hiatus in learning and more just like self, you know, self-teaching. And that, that goes so far if you, you know, that works if you have a foundation. And at that point I was like still working on heart. Like I needed a lot of work on foundation. So I just did like a quick internet search and, uh, and found some options at that time. At that time it wasn't a YouTube and, you know, YouTube wasn't popular and there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't like, you don't look up hashtag heart. You're like, you had to like, you had your own like Yahoo and you're like, who do I find? Like who's around? Um, and, uh, like where could they be? And they were actually, you know, they were far and few in between. Um, especially people, I think I had gotten some rejections because you know, some teachers were saying, you know, like, well, only if you're involved in, um, you know, you're currently enrolled in like a, a master's music program or you had to be at a certain level for them to accept you as a student and they weren't taking beginners or intermediates. So, which is, which happens, you know, they, they didn't have enough time. And uh, so I did get some rejections and I didn't give up and I found uh, Gabriella who was amazing and never gave up on me and, and just really uh, changed, changed my, my life and, and paying attention to the beauty of reading music and seeing what's available out there already. And, um, she, she's amazing. And then, uh, then she ended up moving uh, to Scotland. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like when you say foundations, what's that mean? Is that like form of where you hold your hands and how you run the scales out? Or is it just foundations of just music in general, like sight reading and, um, like understand rhythmic durations and stuff? Definitely both, okay. and uh, definitely both. And I think the you were you were right on the money with the uh, with holding your hand because without the proper instruction, it's it's easy to take a form that can uh, over time damage you um, because the harp is so much tension. You know, there's bass strings, and then there's in, in the middle you have gut and gut, sheep's gut, or it can be nylon. At the top, you have nylon. So there's all these different, like, tension structures, and it's just pulling and pulling. Um, um, you're pulling, you know, against gravity, like, right. you know, in a way, um, going back towards you, and gravity is like, <laughs> so you can, there's a lot of tendon damage that um, that can happen, and, you know, um, tendonitis from repetitive motion injuries, Um there's a you know there are people out there who play who have wristbands and and <laughs> you know and arm braces because of like you're moving this thing and then you're playing all this tension and you know with like size of your fingers and all those tendons 
So it's, it's really important to have someone point out what you're, you know, where you could grow so that it can be sustainable and, um, and, and not hurt yourself. I mean, those, I've gotten one injury once and it was just like, Oh no, I had a giant, you know, weekend planned and I want to make music so, so hard, you know, like yeah. what's up with this thing? Was that a, what happened? Oh, it was like at a, we had a, in, here in New Orleans, we had a, like a harp convention and I, I split open a finger. Ugh. Um, how did I cut it? I cut it reaching into like a bag or something. And it was just like this big cut, like all along the pad of my third finger. And my third finger uh, is where you, where I would use a lot of uh, bass work because I'm I'm pretty heavy on the bass um, when I when I'm solo, you know, comp, like comping and doing a bunch in the bass. Um, so it was just like I used a liquid bandage, but <laughs> boy, you could feel that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've had any like crazy injuries like with um with guitar. Luckily, not not that knock on wood, just some cuts and and bumps, nothing too crazy yet. But yeah, once you once you can't push down on a thing, you're like, ah! you try to compensate by like, well, what's the pinky or the middle finger do? Like, <laughs> it doesn't pan out the same. That that third finger is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple. And see, in harp, we don't use our pinky, so. Yeah. We just play with four, so it's like I wish I could. Mm. I would strengthen that pinky if I could. <laughs> That's gonna be the method. Yeah, That'll be your new method. I mean, she does the pinky reach. No one does the pinky reach in harp. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some rules. There are some yeah. rules, right? And that's one I gotta stick to. <laughs> okay. Because like a, when I'm working with my kiddos, I'm like, you want the most like when we'll go over piano and like, you know, there's the I don't know if you've dove more into piano since harp, but there's like the roll with your wrist and the certain way to put your fingers, you put your thumb, then the rest fall down. And uh, just the concept of like, I always use Bruce Lee as an example. Um, mm-hmm. the, like when he does the one inch punch and it's just like, it looks like he doesn't move and the guy goes flying back. And, um, and then I'll play, I, I'll bring up videos for my kiddos. I'll start with that. I'm like, then I'll, we'll play the SpongeBob video where it's like technique. And we'll learn technique, um, but like, because uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like the, you want minimum amount of movement for maximum amount of music, and like with every instrument, there's a right and wrong way to do that. And the cool thing about the internet is you can see and hear from a million people on how to do something and where the notes are, but like, they're not watching you. So finding that mm-hmm. one-on-one instructor and learning how to maintain that movement just like how you said so it's not detrimental to your health musically and physically down the line is super important and that's why i I feel that's that's with like a classical program with especially with like guitar and you see those guys all propped up with their own little stool you know i mean like yeah and the napkin right It's so I weird. want a napkin <laughs> for my heart. <laughs> Wear pants that won't slip. It's <laughs> but those it's... are called jeans, and, and that's not what they're doing. I know. I know. But you just... <laughs> yeah. uh, that's so funny. Uh, you, you could trademark it, Dave. You could. Uh, you could trademark <laughs> classical pants that don't slip. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they're all like uh, they're like regular uh, dress pants, but that one patch is like jean. <laughs> like, it's got a little. Grip hey, 
All right, let's go. I hear Cassie, an idea. We're going into this. This is where <laughs> this is where we can fund the next records. Um, <laughs> but, um, I love it. Um, I love it. No, so that's I think that finding that <laughs> that that instruction is very important. Like it's because with harp, like it seems like there's that that form, right? Um, so kind of branching out of that, where did like like once you kind of got that foundation. Did like uh, were you starting to experiment with other groups out, or were you playing in like classical ensembles, or were you just playing by yourself, like or bef- like w- as you're getting these down and you start to become more fluent with the harp, and like uh, able to express yourself? Did want two questions, I guess. When did you start mm-hmm. reaching out to groups, and did you like notice right away that depression kind of lift, or did you just notice yourself engaging in more conversations to kind of like engage musically and then that slowly kind of lifted it because it doesn't it, uh, with our conversation so far i don't i don't hear any type of type of depression but you know it doesn't mean that's not there right and that's the thing about it is that you know how many people we are functional and um you know functional and do incredible art um and and our creators and, and you know musicians and actors and, and the community, but when you hear that they're doing something um, you know not in the script, it's like, oh, I never knew this was happening. Like I had no idea because all these things you were doing were so beautiful and, and, and collaborative, and it you know and it indicated every the total opposite. But it's there's something to be said about. Um, there's some, sorry, okay, here we go. (laughs) There's something to be said about, uh, that duality and, and the ability to be sensitive and experience dynamics. Um, and, and I think I, I just see so much of that. Like when you look, you see it. And, um, so I, you know, it's, it's a long road. I would say I knew people who, were playing music and like confident about it. And, you know, and it started when they were like five and had amazing teachers and, you know, like who who could play videos on technique (laughs) and and encourage them and everything. But, um, but since I was kind of a a later starter, it was, um, it, it took a little bit more to get that confidence and it took certain people asking if you know if i'd be open to something um like i mentioned like a beatboxer um kid lucky and and you know and rest in peace um he was like someone who's adamant about it and it's like this is this is going to be beautiful like i want you to if you work on these chords and you do that and you know we can do it and kind of just setting the parameters of where i could fit in so kind of telling me where it would work for them and over time it slowly you know, it slowly leveled out where I could tell, explain where I'm comfortable being and, uh, yeah, being sonically. So it's, um, there's just, there's just so much, like, I don't even, I think my first starts were more, uh, like less traditional, um, gigs. There was like a, a, a hip, like a hip hop R and B group that reached out and one person's like from Ireland and one is from Columbia and Chicago and has a record label in Chicago and reached out. Um, and, and it really just takes like having that vision and, 
and confidence and kind of, you know, committed uh, approach. Like, okay, if it doesn't work this way, let's try that way. Let's get creative with it. Just because the notes are on the page and we both play them and we're all, you know, on the same bars doesn't make it music. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it sounds, but what makes it, you know, richer? Like what is the the higher context for what we're doing? Um, And that's my approach. And I think with, uh, yeah, with Shakespeare and the blues with Cam and Brian, like we, we feel that way. I definitely went to Brian's uh, show. Um, he's in another side band from Lost Bite Ramblers, and they just played at the Broadside, an outdoor show, like their first show since um, the beginning of the summer with everything going on. Um, and um, and you you would see that with them. I mean, there's you know Johnny there doing like a pedal steel and and sat in with them on pedal steel when he's, you know, in another band that they have lost by ramblers. But it's like, how do we get together and do this? And you watch Louis Michaud. Um, he's the reason why you're able to hear the, the record from Shakespeare and the blues. Cause he heard, uh, you know, some of the sessions that we had done and was like, everyone needs to hear this. Like we got to get this out. <laughs> this is taking us away. Um, so you watch him, I watched him on stage, uh, you know, like two days ago and, it's, and, and he's like doing all these effects on his voice and also on his fiddle and like just connecting with people, like seeing where you fit in. So I know that's a long answer. It's like, you know, I didn't reach out to a certain symphony and, and hop in on the symphony. <laughs> that's not totally the opposite yeah. way. If there was something crazy, um, like the beatboxer show, I had to tune up in a bathroom, you know, I like it was not having an ego about it. I think right. in situations where I get like in anyone gets starts getting an ego, it's, it's, it's limiting. Um, it's limiting and protecting at the same time. Like I understand which ways it goes. So it can work for you or against you. Like if I had been like, I will never, I would never tune up in a bathroom. And it's like, Hey, this, this club is small. The only place that they have left and, you know, and their green room is full of guitars. Like there's nowhere for me to go. I need to to roll into this room and tune up really quickly and get out of there. <laughs> but, uh, but just, yeah. So if it was unconventional, I was really like steered towards that. Um, and then eventually I was doing more, you know, conventional gigs. Like I, um, I performed in a, a harp group, at, um, in New York in Lincoln center up there. And, um, and down here in, uh, in new Orleans, it's like, you know, everyone's doing wild projects. So, um, I got to play with, uh, like tank and the bangas and Nora Jones, um, a couple of years back. And the setting is out, it's outdoors with the music box. It's like this unconventional, you're outside in like the grass with these beautiful wooden structures that like Taylor, um, Taylor and Delaney like have built, um, that, you know, they all ring on their own big musical houses. And so, you know, you push your harp up a bunch of stairs and, and hope that <laughs> and hope it doesn't get rained on, you know, there's like yeah. these crazy, wild, risky moments where yeah. you could say no and, and be safe and just wait for, I can just wait for, you know, the wedding gigs and like being in, um, you know, the Marini Opera House where I've done shows. Like I can wait for 
um, those things to come through and, and those projects that I really love as well, like to, to happen, but there are these wild moments that happen in between. And that's where like the life, like really just like pulses and lives. I find. <laughs> that's beautiful. No, and I agree with that a hundred percent. That's way more exciting. Like music's a living thing. You experience it in real time or you experience a past recorded version of it being lived. And like uh, the e- the the thought of on how the eagle can um, def- uh, protect and and defect, I don't. That's that's really cool. I've never thought of it like that. And uh, I agree with that 100 percent because like sometimes those weird dingy basement gigs are the best, and like they're better than the ones in the opera house. But you would never know if you if your ego is like, well, <sighs> that's not gonna pay. You know what I mean? Like, or mm-hmm. in that sense. So that's that's really cool, especially. Like when you see an instrument like a harp, because it has like, because it is kind of you know hard to get to, and an, a f- it's a large instrument. It's inexpensive. Those strings aren't cheap. <laughs> like, especially if the middle <laughs> ones, the, that red gut one, the red knot, like that's a, that's a really big version of that. Of like a, that's that's not a cheap one to fix. I'd imagine, but like, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that. But um, I'd imagine <laughs> that big nylon one. That's a lot that goes into it. But like I feel like with when you bring that out, you're breaking the ego of of the instrument and of the self, and you get to put experience it in that room, and it brings forth records like the one we're here to talk about today, and like that wouldn't happen unless you take that chance, and that that's a definitely like a life changing uh, mentality too. So like that's that's really cool to approach it like that. Um, yeah, it's so good to share that with you. It's so good to share this. Like, and I, and yeah, and I feel like you're you're right there. I mean, I saw your. Uh, I had a chance to see the the video of the um, the nursing home, you know, oh, like cool. distance <laughs> gig, and it was just like I'm sure, like that's like one of like thousands of instances. But you just watch people light up, and you know, we don't know how long we have. Like, we don't know. We're not right. like, you know grant like given anything we're not granted anything so it's like use what we have to enrich life around us like it's really not a lot to ask um it's not and i saw that and i saw just those people and you know the way that they must feel like you know just like trapped in there and and you really you know just really opened up to them and and in turn i'm I like, I just know, like, they like run their rooms, you know, crying or just opening up and they'll never forget it. So, thanks. Um, thanks for digging into that. Um, I don't think anyone I've talked to has done that so far. So, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that, that I, I would do that gig every week. Um, and then, like, with COVID, they're like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I'll bring up speakers. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And they'd just roll up to the window. <laughs> and we did that. Then we would do that twice a week. And, um, and then it got cold. And then we had to stop doing that. But now we're we're back to, to doing that. But we do a COVID check-ins every time before the building or going into it, which is cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, kind of like mm-hmm. a, so on the on the album cover, whose foot is that? <laughs> like, Sorry. That's the first time someone's asked, and I love the question because uh, the story behind that is that we were uh, we were at the music studio um, with a good friend, uh, Mark Bingham, whose studio is out in uh, Henderson, Louisiana. So we drove out there to, to to track, and 
during one of the breaks, you know, um, what was it? Uh, oh, Brian, the bassist, uh, Brian Weber, you know, um, the man, basically. <laughs> yeah. The man, Brian, the man, the he had a, <laughs> yeah, he had a, uh, he had a, what, a certain like foot boot and he's had this boot on for like months or whatever. And it was to correct like a fracture in his foot. Um, you'd see him like lugging his base gear. So like that giant cab, you know, um, and then his, also his guitar gear and amp would not let me help like, or anyone help. Like still managed to hold the door for me like <laughs> crazy like with this giant boot just like you know just going just trudging along like to these gigs with all this gear and i'm like brian so one day he's like i think we were at the thing and he's like yeah i'm getting my boot taken off in a week or two and i'm like what and he's like yeah they just did an x-ray and like here it is like here are these x-rays of my foot and i'm like that's that's going to be the album cover. Like, you got to send me that picture. <laughs> and of course he thought I was joking. Um, I don't joke. Like I get, I get inspired and we're going, we're sailing China. We're going, we're sailing to Bermuda. If I get inspired, <laughs> full steam ahead. So, so that's what that is. That is his foot. And then if you get a chance to see the rear cover, there's yeah. my, I was inspired by him and, those are my, it's like an x-ray from my like dentist and dental surgeon, um, oral surgeon. And it's like, that's on the back. And I tried to get Cam to find some sort of x-ray of a, something he might have. <laughs> didn't, didn't really pan out, but next album, you that's know what awesome. to expect. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's just a checkup, not an injury. <laughs> he has to get one. <laughs> I think, well, in a way. We're human. Right. We're break, you know. <laughs> true, true. And it's not good. It hurts. But uh, I was going to say, like, it's in a way, it's like, it's kind of like in a weird sentiment to what an album is. It's showing what's within in a weird way. You know, like it's a, an x-ray of of your emotional well-being at that time expressed. And like, so I think that was pretty cool for an x-ray on an album cover. Um, with this record, or with uh, Appear to Disappear... You said uh, it goes best with uh, consumed with uh, no best consumed after a sunset uh, with Shakespeare in the blues. Is there anything it's best consumed with, or for best <laughs> results? That's how you phrased it. For best results, consume with a sunset. So for best results, what how how can we uh, consume uh, <laughs> Shakespeare in the blues? Oh yeah, how can we uh, how can we consume Exemplagratia Rhapsodic? Um, <laughs> I would say um, the best results breathe. Noted. All right. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Just breathe. <laughs> like that one, that album, like, you know, people have said that it's taken them on, you know, certain um, certain mental and uh, spiritual rides, <laughs> you know, certain little adventures. And, and they've paired it with whatever they need to, but I think like I've, I can just put it on and drive. Um, you know, we were all evacuating for the storm and everything. It's like, I didn't realize how how good of a driving album this was. Like it just like time just goes and it's like a trip. Uh, it's just a trip and a trip, <laughs> trip on the trip, um, a journey within a journey. Yeah. Definitely, so we can just get so much done. Right. You definitely get in the pocket of it. Like it, it flows very well to like 
the whole pr- the whole from start to finish you, it does flow very well you kind of lose sense of what's happening next cuz each thing kind of just fits into it and th- which is pretty uh pretty profound from coming from like kind of just hanging out and like improving together and like wasn't this recorded like separately like socially distanced did i read that right it it was um i was in another room I was in like a, I was in the drum room looking through a window, um, you know, my own booth and, and then Cam and Brian, they like were, they shared like a large room together. So we, we recorded this pre COVID actually, like before COVID was like known and, and yet we were still socially distanced because like of the magnitude of the instruments really right. like in, in the thing I talked about earlier, like the sympathetic ringing and yeah. reverb. And uh, so we were all like spread apart, but like through the, you know, um, through the cans, we were all so connected, and uh, and that's that's like that stands the test of everything. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like okay. if you can still, yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that actually makes me feel better because now I like understand how why this is so well connected. Because if I was trying to fathom it, like, whoa, did they record track by track and send it? And that's like, that's. Uh, just a, a mind mess of a product. Well, how'd that even worked out? <laughs> like, it's 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 insane if that's how that would have been done. If it would have been done like sending track by track because it has such that natural flow and feel together. And that's my brain couldn't handle that. So I'm glad that it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your brain is still fine. Like you you you, you, you passed the test. <laughs> um, I actually tried to do another um uh another solo project and and brian was on it and then cam was on a track and uh it's still pending but it it was uh i tried to do that socially distanced like sending tracks and it just didn't work for my like i wasn't where that like i wasn't where that needed to be (laughs) like it wasn't it wasn't happening for me um you know when everything was coming out it lost that feel and texture and it was so mechanical that um it was a, a challenge to like the flotus I had sent things to and, um, and a violin, like really tried to do a really big um, endeavor and that didn't happen. And, and uh, you know, instead of being disappointed, it, I just, uh, you know, released the solo tracks for, for this disappear, disappear. And I said, you know what, I actually have so much that that album can go as a solo by itself. And then the others can, you know, wait till we can, you know, uh, be connected again. Wait till it's possible. Cause we need that feel. When do you, when do you guys think you're gonna approach that anytime soon? Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stress myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna not not yet. We're gonna focus on what's at hand and just you know one thing one thing in front of the other. It's a big project to manage, um, but. And, and, you know, and we have a lot to do here, like uh, Brian and uh, Lost Bayou Ramblers, um, they've been doing a lot of uh, local work with um, helping people recover from Ida. So they've been out, you know, out of town, like days on end, every other day, they're like out of town doing outreach and, uh, you know, helping people, like feed people and, um, and, and fixing roofs and everything. So they're like kind of busy. Um, and then in between booking shows, like trying to book shows, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. Music has such a way of conveying a message and like 
if you can use it for something like that to help out and try to, I, I, there's, I don't know if it's just an innate musician thing because to do the thing you're passionate about, you need the help of others that, that, that makes it more musicians and other people. I can't say just musicians. That sounds egocentric. Just, it, it just seems like a, just a good platform to re reach people through. And I think it, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because it's rhythmic and it lines up in our brains and like the neuroscience behind that makes it make it clear. But uh, either way, that's awesome. And that's cool to be around people like that doing cool things. Like, I don't, if, if anything, that's the beauty of like a creative endeavor, music, art, cooking, whatever it may be like is finding someone who's you're uh, enamored with with how they express themselves and the thing they do. And then you see them do it like that uh, donut guy's making free donuts for the people that can't eat uh, donuts or whatever. I don't know. Weird the, the, to see the friends do good and share good. And that's super inspiring. And like, I don't, so that's, that's really cool that, um, Brian, someone is like profound is what, where he's at musically. And like, cause I, I, I read a little bit on him and the amount of stuff he does, like to be willing to go out and help and, <laughs> that, that's so cool so i can't imagine like, and he'll go out yeah like with you yeah and he'll go out and uh, make so. it a priority <laughs> sorry yeah. no no i was just gonna say just to have a friend like that you're i'd be like man okay what are you doing i'll be there you know what i mean like this is awesome but to be or be around people like that is super inspiring i, I don't i don't know if it's uh the creative endeavor the the individual kind of found themselves so it's easier for someone to try to help find someone else but that that's super awesome that that's those are the homies you hang out with like that's cool oh my goodness yeah it's like it makes you it's overwhelming it's like makes you want to cry it's just like oh like the, the best human being award goes to like every you, you totally nailed it and it's like i mean i couldn't agree more in in the fact that he's you know there's a wealth of musicality and then it's and then the priority is being a human. So, you know, he's gonna he's gonna like level that like right right up there. Like that's the, the top thing. So he'll be like, oh, I'm I'm out doing this, and and you know, Cam too, and Cam had to evacuate. And it's like, and I, you know, I cleared out my house. Um, I had to clear mine out. It's like, you know, we all have little things that aren't so little. Like they yeah. seem little, but the 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 ways large and small in which you can help first of all, like help yourself and get yourself like stable right. to then go do, you know, one act of kindness or just do one or two things in, in reality, not on the internet, you know, the internet's yeah. great, but it, it's a tool. Um, it's like, just get out there. Just like, just be, you know, the being and the doing. Um, and it, it, it does seem overwhelming. I got to say, like, it, I wish I could be, um, out there, you know, with, with him and his band, like every, every run that they do. Um, but it's, you know, I'm like, well, I gotta, uh, finish, you know, clearing out, you know, my place was, um, you know, affected and, and, uh, destroyed. So it's like, how do you balance taking care of yourself and then taking care of everyone else? And, and it's really you, like you did a great job of just cluing in on like the connectedness. Like when you're not strong, you can lean on someone like that. And, uh, and, and they're going to be there. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing it for anything else, but, but to help, you know, just to be good and do the right thing. Um, how can, um, uh, well, one, you, you said, uh, 
the, the important part is to be able to help, and you got to ha have yourself covered first. So it's important. It's important to take care of yourself first, because if not, that's you're not going to be able to help whoever you're trying to help to the full amount that you could, because there's you're still trying to get established in whatever it is. Is there a for listeners? Is there any way anyone can help with this whole situation? Is there any like? Um, like does uh, does Brian do looking for volunteers for certain times, or um, is there just any resources oh, yeah. like people can use to help everyone that you know? Of? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, I would say that for 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 Brian, um, for the effort that Brian's a part of out in out in Homa and Potashen, um, you would look up uh, Nouveau Electric Records, and that's uh, Nouveau. N O U V E A U, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nouveau Electric Records, and if you look them up on, um, you know, uh, Instagram or uh, on on Facebook, and uh, or their Bandcamp, it's connected to a bunch of different resources that they're they're doing for their efforts, and um, and that's also where you'd find, um, you know, uh, our record, and you listen to it, um, you know, as you're. It's good for the drive out there to go do the work. <laughs> and while you're so doing it's it. it's kind of a one-stop. Yeah. It makes it go by <laughs> no, so No, it's a one-stop. <laughs> it awesome. does. Awesome. It's, cool. it's a one-stop shop. And I was like, you know, like, where do you find that? And and that's the beauty of what um, Louis Michaud did is that, um, you know, his, his uh, you know, his small record label is doing it. He's keeping it to the heart. And, and the values are... The values are we're going to take care of, you know, the local community and um, and take care of the local musicians. Like, how do you give everyone an equal footing ground, and how can we support one another? And um, so, I would just say, just look there for specifically this effort of what I'm talking about. But feel free to reach out to any you know specific uh, friends you have in New Orleans about um, efforts that they're doing for mutual aid. There's so many, um, you know. There's um. Yeah, Black Youth Mutual Aid Fund, but there's um, there's such a long list that I, I wouldn't go into it on. Okay. Well, <laughs> Honestly, just reach out directly to someone and they they'll link you. That's <laughs> awesome. No, I think that's. Uh, have you ever played um, Tipitinos? Tipitinos, I have yet to play, so we're gonna count that down. But um, Brian and uh, Lost Bayou Ramblers, uh, mm -hmm. they play there all the time, and uh, our bandmate. Cam, uh, Cam Smith is a sound engineer and he works out of a couple studios here, um, works out of, uh, artist sound that's owned by Keenan McRae and, um, and, uh, he is at the Maple Leaf, does sound there. Um, I think he was out in Lafayette doing sound too. Um, uh, let me see. It's just like all over. You'll see him like everywhere, just like running sound. It's like, okay, you're making everyone sound great and a mastermind. I don't know if you had a chance to check out um, some of his stuff, but it's like he, for that, he's like doing everything, like the drums, the vocals, he's playing keys on it. Like these are just, you know, <laughs> what do you call it? Renaissance, yeah. Renaissance men. Musicians. And I just get to be there. <laughs> That's, oh, okay, cool. Cause like, the um just kind of on the I did a, a tour with this band State Radio and uh, I was part of their nonprofit Calling All Crows and we did a they would do a, a service projects before each show and just uh, with the information you were sharing that reminded me of the time we were in New Orleans and they played Tipitinos and we uh, 
we like built a patio furniture and painted patio furniture at this women's shelter not too far from it mm -hmm. um, but yeah no like I, it just made the the communal like not just support of the arts but support of well living better life you know and it's really cool that you guys are doing that and continuing that and that it's an active part of where you, your music's literally coming from it's coming from this website that you can also get this from and like i think that's that's super super badass um on one more question because i know we've been talking for a minute i appreciate appreciate your time um likewise yeah so, uh, <laughs> this is fun yeah no, it's, it's super fun. um you did a show with Nora jones and uh tank in the banger Yes, at the at the music box village. Um, yeah, that was um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, what was that like? That was like amazing. Two super bands, like it's it's such a a unique combo wombo, and like and then so what did did you play harp with them or were you just there? Like I don't know the context of it, but like what happened? Like I saw the picture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, it was um, it was beautiful. Like t so, Tang and the Bangas. I mean, that's a force to be reckoned with. And then sure. they had like, <laughs> yeah. And then they had uh, they had the Nor Norris piano like rolled out, like she like rolled out <laughs> on this on this like big structure. Um, and they built a structure for the piano just to roll out on, and a bunch of smoke, and it's like. And it's amazing, and she had like a cape, and it was so it was so cool. In the music box village, it's like you know they they encourage just taking up this outdoor space, so it's like a living play almost, and uh and the guests get to sit all in between people. So I think at one point, like Tank was singing, I was playing behind a song behind Tank, and she like had to you know she just like walk through the people seating in the crowd. Um, to get towards me, and it's like it's so packed that how close can you really get? <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, when we rehearsed, you were like way closer. And now you're like way, you know, you're twenty, twenty, thirty feet away, like singing into the mic and and whatever. You're not as close as I'd like you to be. I thought you're going to be right next, you know, right next to me. But that was um, that was such a beautiful endeavor. And like, there's, you know, it's the magical element of collaboration, right? As well as you know, like. The setting is just, it's just, uh, that setting, you know, people don't know what to expect when they get there. Um, and if you're like ever in town, we'd love to, you know, love to take you. Um, but it's just, you know, there's crazy, crazy musical structures and you play the houses and I was playing harp and I've done a couple shows there, um, where I alternate between playing one of the musical houses. One is the, uh, I think it's, I think it's called the Del the Delphine and it's um and it's horns, like welded horns into that into a structure. Yeah. And you get to play uh pull levers and the horns ring so on the structure, like a little gazebo and <laughs> things like that. Um and uh it's just this beautiful like it's like being in a in, in a play for adults. Like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh and it's wild and crazy. So I mean and you know, and both of those individuals are just like everyone. Everyone on set is just so grounded and and like diverse in what they can do. Um, so yeah, I'm like I live that night over and over all the time. Uh, <laughs> and you and you wait for the next one, but I try to be in the present. So I'm just looking looking at you know 
what's happening next. I mean, I just did a collaboration with, um, with a drummer, uh, Jazz Butler. And, and that was, that was beautiful. Like hearing what she could do and different textures and kind of responding to my needs, you know, cause mm. your needs evolve over time. You're not always at square one. Right. So I was a little intimidated by like, She's like, I need my full drum set, my full kit. And I need all these things. And I was like, Oh, I just want brushes. I just want, <laughs> I just yeah. need the minimum. She's like, that's no, I'm, she's like, no, I'm about going crazy. So I need all, <laughs> so, you know, I focus on, there's like so much honor and like, in, in those moments, like being out there with, with, um, with Tank and Josh and everyone and, and Nora, but, um, yeah, fast forward, it's like, gee, like you get the same pulse, like the same, uh, energetic spark meeting someone, you know, who you've worked with like a couple of times and, and, and like connecting with them and, and then hearing, I'm playing it all back and hearing what's happening and just like stuff I wasn't hearing in person, you know, and, 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 and golly, if I were like on the other side, like someone listening, like what an experience that would be just being able to be objective and hear it all at once in real time when you don't know what to expect. Um, or if you do, we did some standards. So it's like, oh, if you know this one, yeah. you haven't heard it like this. Right. <laughs> it's going to sound fresh. That's beautiful. That's yeah. so cool. What a cool experience. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. So you've been, uh, this has been a delight. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Thanks, uh, thanks for talking with me. And I think that's a good point to wrap it up on. Right on. Well, I appreciate you so much and what you do. And this conversation has been a mantra for me. And, um, gonna go out go out today and do some right things i'll put it that way awesome. <laughs> i'll do something right sounds good <laughs>